Psalm 119, and this is verses 1 to 16, and if you're using a church Bible like this one, page 617. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Well, good to see you here today. Let me pray for us as we start to uh, dig into that passage together. Father, as we've just been praying, uh, as we sung, please would you speak to us, Lord. That's what we need. That's what we really need today is to hear your word and to, to let it impact us. So we pray for the work of your Holy Spirit now to be helping us to understand it and helping us to grow as we get to grips with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wonder how good your memory is and whether it's as good as it used to be. I don't know if you're uh, someone who's very, very good with names, with phone numbers, or whether you've already forgotten what you had for breakfast. Uh, there's a man called Shijir Bat, and uh, he's from Mongolia. He has a very good memory. He holds the world record for the fastest time to memorize the order of a deck of cards. How, how long do you think it would take him, of how much looking at it, to memorize a deck of cards? 12.74 seconds. Just opening a new deck of cards, been shuffled, 12 seconds of looking at it, and he can tell you the order. I couldn't even look at all the cards in 12 seconds, let alone remember them. And then you've got other kinds of memory. This guy, uh, David Farrow in Canada, the memory, he's got the record for the most cards memorized. So 59 decks of cards. So being given 59 brand new shuffled decks of cards. He only gets to look at it once. And then he can remember all 59 in exactly the right order. That is an amazing memory, isn't it? I am put to shame by memories like that. I'm sure uh, there's very few of us who could do that. Uh, as you saw in the video earlier, I, I shall be playing the part of Agent X uh, this summer. That means I've got lines to learn. Needless to say, we're looking at trying to get an auto cue or something up the top so I can just 
read them out because it's really hard to remember things, isn't it? It's really, really hard. Perhaps when you heard that we're doing memory verses this summer, that's what you were thinking of, just thinking, oh, goodness, I'm no good at that. I can't remember anything. Or, you know, this, okay, this sounds like a challenge. It's the world of competitive memory sports. That's what it's called, by the way, if you're looking to get into it. Competitive memory sports or revising for an exam. Just one of those things where it's, it's a brain exercise and I'm going to be good at it or not good at it, depending on just how I'm made. And yet, m- remembering things, memorizing things, is really important. It seems odd in the days of Google to need to remember anything. You could just look it up. But in this summer morning series, we're going to be looking at some Bible verses that will do us good if we can just get them in, not just into our ears or into our brains, but into our hearts as we try to really learn these things. We call these series, as, as Richard was saying earlier, In My Heart, Off By Heart. So it's, it is about learning these things off by heart, but the In My Heart bit is much more important. Uh, we're looking at seven verses Uh, Some of these you may already know. I've made them different colours so you can tell them apart when you've got a whole handful of these cards. Um, But some of them might be less familiar. But we're going to have a go at learning these. And uh, the first one is a really good one to kick us off because it is a memory verse about memory verses. A bit of a mission statement for the whole series. So here's what it is. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. Shall we have a go at saying that together? Go on, let's say it together. Ready? I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. It's good to get the reference in there, otherwise you don't know where it's from. But it's easy when it's up on the screen in massive letters, isn't it? But we don't just want the word on the screen or the word down in our Bibles. We want it in our hearts so that it changes our lives. So the plan for this morning really is to delve into what this verse means so that as we learn it, the learning bit is something, that's your homework. You can go away and do that the rest of the week. But as we learn it, we're actually not just repeating some noises. We're enjoying and understanding and getting to grips with the truth of this verse. So, the first thing I think we need to know, if we're going to make sense of this verse, is that God's Word is the way to go. God's Word is the way to go. We're not going to want to read it, or learn it, or live it out, unless we're persuaded that God's Word is the way to go. It's the best way. The writer of this psalm certainly believed it was. He wrote Psalm 119 to get that message across. The whole psalm is about the Bible. And it is the longest chapter in the Bible, famously. You'll be very glad we're not learning the whole of it. Uh, We're just doing the one verse. Um, But it's all about the Bible. And almost every verse of this chapter contains a name for God's Word. So just in those verses we read out, it's called the law of the Lord in verse 1. His statutes, verse 2. His ways, verse 3. And then from verse 4, it's speaking to God. So it's all your precepts, your decrees, your commands, your righteous laws, your decrees, your word, your commands, your word, your decrees. It just keeps going. All the laws that come from your mouth, your statutes, your precepts, your ways, your decrees, your word. That's a lot of words for the word. It's telling us what the Bible is. Telling us what the Bible is what the Bible is for, 
and that it is the way to go. That is throughout this psalm. The Bible's described here a bit like a map or a guide showing us the way. So have a look at verse 1, where it says, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. So God's law, his word, is showing us the way to walk. Uh, there's talk about following in verse 3 and verse 14. Again, we, we get this idea of following is just well something you click a button on social media and you've followed someone or, or you follow in a kind of, oh, I follow this or I follow that. It's, it, it's, it is walking language, isn't it? Journeying language. That's the way I'm following. Verse 9 asks the question about how someone can stay on the path of purity. There is a path, there is a, a road, a route to follow in life. And a danger in verse 10 that we might stray from that path. Whether we're a young person or an older person, we might stray away from this right path that God's laid out. How would we do that? By straying from his commands. By straying from the things he's told us. God's word is the way to go. I don't know if you've ever really seriously got lost before. Maybe, you know, as people start heading off on their holidays, it's time for people to get really, really lost. Uh, you know, when you've got absolutely no idea where you are, where you're going, how to get back to where you're supposed to be, it's a really scary thing. And what you want in that situation is for somebody to show you the way. Somebody who knows the area can point you in the right direction. Somebody with a map, somebody with a sat-nav. A lot of people feel that sense of lostness in their everyday life. Here I am, I'm in the universe, I've got no idea where I'm going. I've got no idea what I'm supposed to do, what's the right way to live, what's the truth, how do I get there from here? And into that confusion, into that lostness comes God's words. We haven't been left without any instructions. We haven't been abandoned with no directions. We've got God's word, haven't we? We have the Bible to guide us. We just take it for granted. But it's such an, an amazing gift. You might remember earlier in the year at the, the, the king's uh, coronation. Sorry, let me go back to that. Yeah, we at the, the king's coronation. Uh, when he was presented with all of these things, presented with a crown, well, multiple crowns, I think, weren't there? And, and jewels and swords and orbs and robes, and it's all covered in gold and things. But then he was also given a Bible and was told, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. That's an astonishing thing to say, isn't it? When you've just been given a load of golds and jewels, and national treasures, that the Bible would then be described as the most valuable thing this world affords. Think, well, I could download it for free. What do you mean it's valuable? I could, I've got about 20 at home. But it is so valuable because it is God speaking to us. God speaking to us with an authoritative voice from outside, not just our thoughts, not just our crazy ideas or theories about how the world might work, but the actual word of God, our creator. So no wonder in verse 14, the writer says this, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices 
in great riches. If I've got to choose between the the crown and the Bible, I'm going to choose the Bible because that is the way to go. That is the definitive way to live, written by the inventor of life himself. This is more than just saying it's the right way to live. Because I think lots of people could agree that. It's, it's, I suppose it, it would tell us some true things and right things. It's probably a good thing. But it's the best way to live. Or to use the, the Bible word, the blessed way to live. We tend to use the word blessed to mean something very bland, don't we? Bless their little cotton socks. I don't know why socks need blessing, but that's sort of, oh, blessed. Um, but in the Bible, blessing is much more than that, isn't it? It's fullness and richness and joy. It's the abundant, overflowing presence of everything that makes life worth living. That's what blessing is. And we're told the route to blessing, the way to blessing, walking in the way of God's word. So have a look at verse 1. Blessed. Who? Who's blessed? Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. People are desperate to know what is the way to be blessed, to be truly blessed. Well, it comes by doing what God says in his words. He's designed the world to only work according to his ways. So when we try and live in his world and ignore his word, that is, we're trying to use a, a toaster as a bath toy. You know, that is not what it's for. You have not read the instructions. Very clearly says don't put that in the bath. It's not what it's meant for. It will kill you. Whereas instead we are supposed to live in God's world following his word. And we, we live in a time when nobody wants to be told what to do. And I could have said that at any time in history. We live in a time when nobody wants to be told what to do. If there are laws we don't like that. If there's a law we particularly don't like, we will try and get it changed. More likely, we will just ignore it. The idea of the psalmist here saying, I delight in your decrees. That sounds just madness, doesn't it? Who delights in decrees? I've met lots of sort of lawyers, solicitors, and people like that. They don't tend to even delight in it, and it's their job. But I think it's because we don't really understand what decrees are. In the Bible sense. Today, we would think a law or a decree would be a, a boring legal document, generally about things that aren't that interesting. But when Psalm 119 is talking about law, decree, it's talking about all of God's instructions, everything that he teaches us. So yes, the moral laws, but also all of the stories, all of the accounts of what God has done. The poems, the promises he's made, the wisdom he's shared, what he is like, what life is about. His instructions about how to be saved by trusting in Jesus. All of that stuff is his law, his instruction, his ways, his decrees. Of course we're going to delight in that. I can understand if you didn't want to delight in sort of item 7, paragraph 4, subsection B, part 2, that sort of thing. But that's not what God's law is like. It's full of life and color and, and interest. I was reading a book this week, nothing to do with this, but it, it, this is, um, uh, it's really struck me, it's on Leon Morris, he, he says this, the Old Testament writers did not regard the law as a burdensome requirement devised by human ingenuity 
to make life difficult. Rather, it was the wise provision of a loving God to ensure that his people had the guidance they needed to enable them to live well-adjusted lives, lives pleasing to God, which best fulfill the purposes for men. That's a great thing, isn't it? To say this is not a burdensome pain in the neck. This is a gift. And we think what the alternative to that is. It's being in the dark. It's being lost. Having no compass. Having no sense of what is right, what is wrong. So whenever in God's word, in his law, he tells us, this is good, do that. Or that is bad, don't do that. He is being so kind to us. He's not tripping us up. He's not trapping us. It's, it's the opposite. He's showing us how to avoid getting tripped up and, and trapped. It's, he is, it, the word is like somebody saying to us, don't go down that road. I know it looks like a shortcut, but it actually goes straight off a cliff. Don't go down that way. Go this way instead. I know it looks longer, worse, that kind of thing, but it will take you where you need to be. That's how we need to treat God's word over and over, even when there are things in it we think, I, I don't get what this is about or why it's there. It is there for our good. What a blessing to have the Bible, to have the Lord's clear instructions. And that's why the psalm writer wants to follow that way. So we read in verse 1 about those whose ways are blameless. And in verse 3, about those who do no wrong. Now, the, the, the writer of this psalm knows that's not him. That he gets things wrong all the time. And that's why he cries out in verse 5, Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. I wish I was more consistent in doing that because I know that is the way to blessing. I know that it would be wonderful to do no wrong. That really would be wonderful. I wish I was more consistent in doing what you say because I know it is the blessed way to go. So I long to live that out. That isn't something that everybody longs for, is it? The average person on the street is probably not going, I just wish I didn't sin so much. I, I wish I obeyed the Bible more. But that's what the writer wants. And if we're believers, that's going to increasingly be our desire as well. As we humbly admit our sin, we read the word and see as a mirror, it reflects back to me what I'm actually like. And I don't do those things as much as I should do. And I, I don't quite match up. So we humbly admit that and long to be able to put it into practice. And what a gift we have in the Holy Spirit changing us day by day, bit by bit, more to be like that. It's possible to, to read words like that about uh, uh, blessed are those who keep his statutes. And you sort of think, oh, okay, so that's how it is, is it? So we've got God's God is rules. And if you do the things, then you're okay. And if you don't, then you're not. And that's how you earn your way with God. But it's not that. When we say blessing comes by obedience, it's not about earning our way with God. The same as if, if, you, if I teach my children how to cross the road properly. It's not, you know, guys, if you stop, look and listen, then you get to be my children. It's not that at all, is it? It's, they are my children, I love them, so here's how to cross the road so you don't get hit by a bus. Obedience is the way to blessing because God loves us and his ways are good. And so he says, here's how to live as my children. He saves us by 
his grace, which we see in his words, and then having saved us, he directs us in his words. If only we really, really believed that God's word was the way to go and actually did it. Which leads us back to today's verse, because this is telling us, because of everything we've seen, what does that writer do? What should we do? Let's, let's read that out together again. Together, ready? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. See, if that is what God's word is, that it is the way to go, well then, what should we do? We should hide it in our hearts. Simply, it's the way to go, so hide it in your heart. Take God's word and hide it. And that's what verse 11 tells us. I have done that. I have hidden your word in my heart. But what does that actually mean to hide something in your heart? We don't want to injure ourselves, give us a real paper cut as we try and get this thing into our hearts. What does it mean? Well, our heart is us, isn't it? Your heart is you. It's the deepest part of you. If you say, oh, my heart is really in this, you're saying, I'm really in this, 100%. If something is in your heart, then it's really important to you. So what about the hiding bit? Well, again, it doesn't mean hide it, like put it somewhere it can't be found sort of hiding. That's the opposite of what it means. How many of our problems come because we have hidden our Bibles, we don't know where they are, we're not really reading them. No, hiding God's Word is about storing it away. Not just somewhere up in the loft or out in the shed where it can be forgotten about. Storing it up because it's so valuable. The way you'd hope to store up money, saving it in the bank. To paraphrase uh, one uh, person I read this week, store it up, the more the better. Not like a miser who just loves quantity, but like a connoisseur who appreciates quality, like an enthusiastic collector gathering all they can for the sheer pleasure of it. That's what we want to do with God's Word. Storing it up means getting as much of it as we can. So, so reading the Bible more, going out of our way to learn and grow in, in home group, to be here for church, maybe even coming in the evenings for a second helping, doing different things we can do to get more Bible in. The word doesn't enter your heart magically. It enters our heart the way words always go in, through our ears, through our eyes, as we hear them, as we read them. So we make sure we're doing that as much as we can. And hiding them is about putting them somewhere safe, somewhere where we can get to it, somewhere where we can use it. So it's bringing God's word and putting it in pride of place as opposed to just leaving it around and where it will get lost. And the place we hide it is our hearts, the core, the center of us. God's Word is not designed to just be shut on a shelf. It, it is not designed to be on your bedside table as somewhere to put your glasses on top of. It's designed to be read. And more than that, it's designed to be in our hearts for us to carry it around with us, even when we're not actually sat down reading it which is where memory verses come in. As we learn bits of the Bible, that is one way of putting this into practice. It's not the only way this is talking about, but it is one of the ways. We don't always have our Bible with us. Or, and even if we did, or we could just turn it up on our phone, 
it often isn't the moment to start flicking through and trying to find something. Oh, well, I'm sure there's something in here somewhere. Very often we need God's wisdom right now. We need to comfort someone or help someone with something true. We need to show that what we believe, it's not just our ideas, it's God's idea, it's in the Bible. We need reassurance and hope in our day-to-day lives. Isn't it great to be able to bring to mind truth from God's Word, to have it stored away right at your fingertips? John Piper puts it like this, Jesus talks to me through his words. I speak back to him in prayer. So if the Bible is in here in my mind, we can talk anywhere. I can remember uh, when I was tiny going to holiday Bible club in my own church growing up. My parents are here. They'll be able to tell you about this. We had to learn memory verses. Uh, and we'll be doing that at our holiday Bible club next week. But I can remember having to tell memory verses to Osmond Bradley. You remember Osmond Bradley? Uh, a lovely old man. He would do it every year. And I can remember him saying to me, my eyes are not very good now. I can hardly read the Bible for myself anymore. But it's up here. And it's in here. So that's why you need to learn it as well. Those verses that he learned were still there, even though he couldn't read the Bible anymore. Because he'd learnt it. And what we learn and repeat shapes us, doesn't it? I wonder what stuff that we've learned will stick with us forever. I I mean, all sorts of rubbish, I'm sure. Uh, I've got so much junk taking up room in my brain. The other day... Um, I heard the beginning of a song I can't have heard for over 20 years, honestly, and all the words came back to me, this dreadful 90s rap, I won't repeat it here, but I could just, suddenly, I honestly haven't heard it the whole time, it all just suddenly came back to me. I don't need to know that, but it's somewhere in there in the recesses of my mind. I don't know if that's shaped me in any way, um, hope not. But how much better if we actually fill our minds with good things to stock up on Bible. So that's what we remember. Those people who can memorize decks of cards, is that a useful skill? Do you ever need to get the exact order of 3,000 playing cards? But the Bible isn't like that. This is not just a mental exercise. It's intensely practical. Why did the psalm writer Hide God's word in his heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that Lorna might give me a chocolate bar. Is that what what it says? That is a great incentive for those in junior church. It's a very nice little bonus. It certainly would motivate me. If Lorna was here, you know, just any hints, I'd very happily receive chocolate. But there is an even better motive. If you can imagine a better motivation than a curly-whirly There is an even better motive than that. When he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what I want to do. I don't want to sin. And that's my motivation. Not about just being cleverer or getting the answers right. It's about changing his life. He's got the Bible into his bloodstream so that he won't sin. He wants to go God's way, following the words the way to do it. So I'm going to store it up. If there is a Christian that you look up to, somebody who just radiates godliness, their way of life is so attractively holy, and you think, oh, I wish I could be like that when I grow up. 
I can almost guarantee they got that way through a steady diet of Bible. That is just how God works. He trains us in the way to go. He trains us to actually go that way by getting the Bible under our skin, not just hearing it, not just reading it, but with his Spirit's help, taking it to heart. When Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, how did he overcome that? By God's word. Every temptation thrown at him, he fought back with scripture. So we've got Satan trying to knock him off course, trying to derail our salvation, and Jesus replies every time, doesn't he? It is written. It is written. It is written. With the Bible on the tip of his tongue, he can handle temptation. And that is how we fight sin as well, by hiding God's word in our hearts and having just the right thing for just the right moment. So this isn't just something for kids to do in Sunday school. It's a good thing that, that kids are in over the summer when there's not junior church. It's a good series to do with, with kids in as well. But this is for everybody of every age to help us on our way. So we've got these seven verses this summer. Let's think of those as, you know, seven bullets in the gun to help us do battle with sin. Next verse, uh, we have a, 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 a verse about money. Well, let's get that loaded in the chamber then so that we're not going to sin with money. Uh, there's other verses over the summer that really summarize the gospel. Well, let's get those off by heart so we can wield it like a sword to take down the sin, take down the unbelief that's still lurking in our lives. Let's store up these words to keep us on the right path. It might be that there are things that you struggle with where there are other verses that would be particularly helpful. Well, arm yourselves with those. Learn those ones that help you for the battles you're in. But, but these seven are a good place to start. They are a good uh, arsenal for the, for the battle, if you like. But as one person put it, be a soldier, not a gun collector. Be a soldier, not a gun collector. So it's all well and good having a lovely impressive display of weapons, of saying, oh, I could do great things with this, but I have no intention of using it. That's very different as opposed to a soldier who is stocking up because he knows that there is a battle going on. The same way, we could learn the Bible, we could learn the whole Bible. But if we aren't putting it into action, that's no good, is it? We actually need to do it. Hide it in our hearts so that we might not sin. Later on, uh, we're going to be singing a, another great song about God's Word. And it's praying, take your truth, Lord, plant it deep in us. I, I think that idea of planting it is another great way of thinking about what it means to hide God's Word. We hide God's Word like you hide a seed. You don't get seeds and bury them in the ground to get rid of them. You bury them so that they will grow, so that they will bear fruit. And God's word is like that. We plant it in our hearts so it's going to spring up. There's going to be a harvest of righteousness. So the fruit of the Spirit will, will grow and ripen in our lives. Memorizing Scripture can really help. But not just hiding it in our brains, hiding it in our hearts. Every time we read the Bible or hear a sermon or go to home group 
or come across the truth, that is a challenge, isn't it? Am I going to let this go in one ear and out the other? Or am I going to hide this in my heart? Am I going to let this be something that just stays on the surface? Or am I going to plant it? Is this something I'm going to listen to and forget? Maybe be something I could repeat like a parrot who doesn't actually understand what he's saying? Or is this going to be something that sinks in and actually changes me? Verse 15 of our passage says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Meditating on God's word, thinking it through, taking that little bit of truth and savoring it, appreciating it. So, so as we as we do this 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 summer with these with these verses, why not take these cards and uh, stick them around the house, so that at random times you see it and you go, oh yeah, it brings it to mind. So I can stew on it again, think about it again, or, or put it in your wallet, stick it to your computer screen or your dashboard or wherever you're going to see it. Because storing up God's Word doesn't mean collecting tiny pieces of paper. We want to be reminded of it lots of different times in lots of different ways so that we're learning it impacts what we do. Maybe that would be something to talk over coffee later about what else could we do to get more Bible in, to chew it over and really absorb it. What could we do to make sure the Bible isn't just going in, but it's coming out in the way that we live as well? Maybe you're new to Christian things, you're interested to find out more. Maybe you feel very lost and the idea of a map sounds amazing. Well, pick up a Bible. We would love to help you get to grips with that. Because it is an amazing privilege that God speaks, that we have his word to guide us. Let's have another go at saying today's verse. No, it's not on the screen, is it? <laughs> and it's not in my notes either. That's the real challenge. Can we have a go? <laughs> Can we have a go? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. Fantastic. Why don't we pray now that we would actually do that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you speak to us. And so we pray that you'd help us to delight in it, to meditate on it, to remember it, to walk in it. As we learn this verse, please would you plant it deep in us so that we might not sin. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.